Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Who's Ghost Stories. So, as always, I'm Andrew Huzar, Reiki Master and Medium from Huzar Reiki and Readings. We've got research expert Sean, and then Professor Alex Wheaton, paranormal enthusiast, and today our special guest, Charlie. He is a paranormal experiencer. He just doesn't like anything ghostly. He does have his friend that lives in the vents. So. <laughs> he, do, he does not like uh, ghosts at all, but he is joining us for this episode, um, which today we are looking at probably the Erie area's most famous haunt. Definitely. It is even in Stephanie Winsick's Ghost of Erie County's book. Um, has a couple pages on it. But this, this story actually is uh, known outside of the Erie County area. Anyone who's... Uh, been to Erie or heard about Erie, PA, this is one of like three legends that people know about the area with uh, Axe Murder Hollow is the other real big popular one, but uh, what is ours today? The Gudgeonville Bridge area. So I say area because the original bridge, which stood for a hell of a long time, yeah. was burnt down by a couple of dick arsonists. Um, I don't... We obviously don't like to use any foul language, but if you burn down a historical bridge, I think that classifies you forever as a dick. You burn down anything historical, yeah. you, you've earned the right to be called a dick. Yeah, so a couple of dicks, they burnt it down willingly. wasn't like it was an accident. Um, but the area itself is what remains haunted with tons of ghost stories. And it's a good thing we're not out to prove or debunk anything because so many paranormal teams have gone there. There's already so much evidence out there. So I am excited for us to be able to get out there and see what we find. But um, it's definitely one of the most famous haunts out of Erie. Um, probably one of the most active. And definitely, probably, I mean, Gorge and Erie Cemetery are well known, but this might be the most famous place that we're going to, yes. I'd say. As um, I was saying, it's it's known not just in Erie yeah. County. Like this is, this is one of those nationally known history, historical haunt things for our entire nation. Like, uh, I know famously for Pennsylvania, a lot of people know Gettysburg simply because that was a... familiar with the Erie County Gudgeonville Bridge area. And I'm, I'm excited. I'm not going to spoil anything. I'm going to let Sean get into his history here. But one of the things that's also exciting is this area doesn't have any real generic ghost stories yeah. like um it doesn't have like your woman in white or your wailing woman like it's got specific names. ghost stories and names and legends that really make it exciting that you can know so i'll let sean jump in with his i mean this is this is a good follow-up to uh, the home's house movie had no names this is very much yes very focused another so. little palate cleanser too yeah <laughs> so the Gudgeonville Covered Bridge was built in 1868 across Elk Creek in Girard Township. The name of the bridge has become as legendary as the paranormal stories surrounding the area. One famous story involves a man named Obadiah Will, who in the mid-1800s was delivering a mule named Gudgeon to another man in Meadville. While crossing the Covered Bridge... The sound of a, I always mess this word up, Calliope playing started. Calliope. 
playing startled the mule and stopped him dead in his tracks. The music was coming from barges carrying Dan Rice's circus floating along the creek. The story diverges here. In one tale, the mule dropped dead from fright. The darker story involves Will beating the stubborn mule to death in frustration. In both legends, the mule was buried along the banks of the creek, and the name Gudgeonville was painted on both entrances of the bridge. The bridge has sadly burned, was sadly burned down by arsonists in 2008, and the oldest of three covered bridges in the Erie area was lost. The Gudgeonville Bridge and its surrounding area is a paranormal hotspot featuring EVPs, light anomalies, and apparitions. One famous disembodied sound is that of hooves walking on a wooden bridge, said to be that of the deceased mule Gudgeon. Others believe the hoof sounds come from a headless body riding on the black of a black, sta black stallion with red eyes and tails similar to the headless horseman. Images and EVPs have been captured of this horseman who is believed to have been a soldier killed during the War of 1812, where beheading was a common practice. Yes, uh, just real quick uh, side note. Um, for those of you that are familiar with the story of the Headless Horseman, that is a New England area, uh, part of the original 13 colonies, and Pennsylvania was part of his original 13 colonies, so it's very much... Uh, this is a regional story. Uh, you don't typically hear much about uh, Headless Horsemen out west, but in this area, that it's a very common theme, so uh, just kind of to drive that historical point home. Um, so this is where we get to tie back to our very first uh, episode. Uh, there's second one, not first one. Sorry. Yeah. It's been a long time. Um, uh, the Another story about this area is uh, another area that's known as the Devil's Backbone. This time it's a cliff. Um where on April 19th, 1964, a young girl named Darlene fell 225 feet to her death. Um, so in that area, in this area, the voice of the little girl uh, has been said to be heard and picked up as an EVP. Uh, where the bridge was still standing, the apparition of Darlene could be seen walking on the bridge on uh, moonless nights. Uh, but uh, most terrifyingly, the girl could also be seen uh, reliving her fall to her death on nights around the anniversary of her death. So, um, yeah, just to add to the creepiness of the devil's back. The bridge no longer stands. Paranormal experts have stated that the paranormal activity has not waned, and it has seemingly increased since the tragic destruction of the bridge. If you visit this landmark, please do be careful, and if you are patient, you may hear the giggle of Darlene, or if you're really lucky, you might catch a glimpse of Erie's own headless horse. A spot I have never been to, and I am incredibly excited to get there. Um, one thing, too, um, I found in early research was... Um, James McCann, he runs mm -hmm. a paranormal group in Erie, yep. and he mentioned, he back he piggybacked it off of Darlene, but I wanted, I, I couldn't find any other mention of her, um, and I'm curious to know if it's another spirit, but um, 
there's um you can see a little girl walking the riverbank specifically with one shoe yes looking for her shoe and like i'd be i've never heard that tale a second time or at least recorded a second time but it would be interesting to know if that's another part of darlene or if there was another little girl that passed there um stephanie winsick's book um on this mentions two girls that died up there but um the book is short so it doesn't dive into either of them um so there's not much on that second girl at all but uh definitely an incredibly haunted place especially like um Trump said the history, but uh, I guess we'll dive into Obadiah and his mule first here. Um, like we said, very specific, no generic ghosts here. Like, even Dan Rice is a huge, eerie figure. Do we still have Dan Rice days, even, or do we stop those in town the festival? I'm not sure. I'm honestly not sure. Yeah, I, I don't know. I believe they were happening before COVID, but I don't. I don't know if it's still a thing. So like, yeah, we we have to take that with a grain of salt yeah, yeah. or a grain of rice in this case. Exactly. Uh, yeah, the, the last two years have been weird. Yeah, uh, Dan Rice, um, we used to have a festival and parade for him. Um, so the fact that he's even in this legend at all is kind of cool to me. Um, There's actually legal proceedings at one point where Obadiah tried to actually sue Dan Rice because of the death of the mule and, you know, lost product because this was a mule he was delivering regardless of the fact that there's the potential he beat the mule to death. But, um, yeah, we're talking actually documented evidence. Which is so cool. I mean, it's, regardless of how the mule died, that's still a sad story. And um, if those are his, his hooves, which they very well could be, um, part of me wants to know if that's like him finally crossing the bridge or still trying to cross the bridge, um, something like that. But like this headless horseman mm-hmm. really piqued my interest because as a kid, that was always my favorite story. Yeah. Was the headless horseman in Ichabod Crane? Um, of course, in the story, it wasn't a real headless horseman. But um, since there's so much documented proof of this one, it makes me very enthusiastic that. We do have our own Headless Horseman, and especially with the history, War of 1812 and everything, um, this area just has a ton of activity. We've got the tragic death of one to two girls, um, which, as Sean said, be careful in this area. As we saw in Wintergreen Gorge, Devil's Backbone is more of a path. Here, it's just a sheer cliff. Yeah. Um, and it's the same. It's, it's sandstone and shale. Like, this is deteriorating ground, and, you know, at any time, some of the ground can give. So, please do be careful if you decide to visit this area. No, of course. And, um, I've actually never, I never was on the bridge. I, I was in the gorge before, and, of course, when we visited the gorge, it was in the middle of the night. And anytime you're out in the middle of the night... Um, all of the sounds around you that you're not used to hearing will get the better of you. And it is a spooky place. Um, Not to discredit anything that's been captured, but as we said before, if you're going into any of these locations with fear, anger, if you're depressed, if you're upset, everything's going to affect you more, whether it's paranormal or anxiety 
so this is a place with it it's very rife and full of paranormal stuff so it's going to be interesting what we see yeah and just what so what's what's funny to me i don't know if funny is the right word maybe interesting is a better word for these topics um wintergreen gorge had one story of a ghost and it was a nice story tim and dutch a pretty similar geographic area nature water running through their historical very historical battles (laughs) yeah it's another gorge the tales and ghost stories on this one are not as positive as wintergreen gorge they're not negative but they're not positive it's not a happy happy story or happy ending and um i was watching some clips from james mccann to prepare for this and he got some of like um some evps like spirits saying like help me and stuff like that so i mean a lot of things saying get out yeah like it's not the early stuff does not pin this as much of a happy place as wintergreen gorgeous did um i'm excited to get out here and see what we've got but i do find it interesting that two gorges in the same county yeah area. funny enough not the same creek though no yes uh, interestingly enough <laughs> and like relatively same histories yeah um both 1812s both waterways um which is a, a common theme here in Erie. A lot of our, our history is eighteen twelve related. Yeah. I mean Battle of Lake Erie. Like we said, one of the most famous people in the Erie Cemetery is Daniel Dobbins, who Dobbins Landing. Dobbins Landing. Yeah. He he participated in the War of eighteen twelve. Uh, like we said, battles of eighteen twelve were on Wintergreen Gorge as well as, you know, Gudgeonville Gorge, which is another thing I want to mention. There is no Gudgeonville. There is no. there is no area around here known as Gudgeonville. No. There was no family. There was no land. Literally, no. the gorge is Gudgeonville because the bridge was named Gudgeonville. Yeah. And which all the research I did backed up what you said, too, that the mule was Gudgeon. And was heading to Meadville. The bridge just got named after this mm-hmm. mule, which I want to know. You said there were legal proceedings to sue. I wonder how big that was at the time, and I wonder right. if that's what led to the bridge being named Gudgeonville. Right. Well, and there's other things, too. One of the things that I saw in doing research, because there's, there's not a lot of recorded history when it comes to naming of locations. Mm-hmm. Um, there's apparently fish in the area that are known as gudgeons um there was claimed to have been a factory where they produce gudgeons which is a part of a hinge um a couple different stories as to where the name came from but the most popular belief is the story of the mule i like that story yeah and i'm excited first time out there to see what we're able to capture on camera um so like i said with the alms house from expectations i'm almost expecting to catch something um just because of how active the place is i don't know specifically what i don't know if it would be lights or orbs i don't know if it would be like any voices or 
anything like that, I expect us to definitely feel these energies, um, especially with that running water. I mean, if anyone's killed on Lake Erie, Elk Creek is a runoff of Lake Erie. Bodies left and right were probably just floating down that stream. So, I mean, there's probably spirits that didn't even die there that are just, they're stuck. With running water, you get that a lot. Like we said, we heard of the beheadings. Yeah. That's a very violent, traumatic, <laughs> instantaneous death. I mean, and stop that practice. I know we were still doing it as of the War of 1812, but did we, were we doing that still during the Civil War? I don't um, know. I'll say, I don't know I, much about that kind of I was going to say, most of what I've heard in, you know, Civil War was gut wounds. Yeah. Gut wounds um, and hangings, if yeah. they were sending someone to death or firing squad. I'm going to say probably by Civil War, beheadings probably went out, went away. Uh, not in France. Not in France. No. We still had the guillotine until the 19, <laughs> 1900s. Well, I mean, also wartime. You're, yeah. you're angry at these people. Didn't France outlaw please don't, please don't behead people. Yeah. No. No, but, uh, also, just so you guys know, um, this is pretty apropos and may or may not be an omen. There is literally a funeral happening right across the street right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we we do have a funeral going on around us right now. It's like we timed this perfect. So what are, you, what are your expectations and hopes for uh, Gudgeon, Bill? Expectations. Um, I'm expecting that we're going to at least, if, if not capture something, we're going to experience something. Right. Whether it's a disembodied voice, us seeing something moving, um, I feel like we're going to experience something there. Of all of these places, that's where we're going to have an experience the most. Um, hopes? I hope nothing comes home with us, because yeah. there's tales of stuff following people home from here. Uh, like we said, this wasn't a happy place. So there is a lot of negativity here, much like the almshouse. Um, the only difference being that here people were brutally murdered. Uh, so hoping nothing comes home with us. Um, as far as my uh, expectations and uh, hopes. So <clears throat> I've been to this area once before, but I was really young. And I don't remember who it was, but I think it was a friend's parent. Uh, just kind of was like, oh, you know, the local legend and drove us like over the bridge. But it's like, I don't remember anything from that because it was such a long time ago. So I'll be excited to and interested to return to this area as an adult and actually, uh, you know, with the intention of just experiencing it. So but definitely I'm in the same boat as Sean. I don't want to come back with anything. As we've said on previous things, this is... A place open to the public there's there's no fences there's wildlife there when i was there we heard coyotes which is why we left um there's wild animals here so if you do ever visit this place just say be mindful be careful be respectful and it probably goes without saying um since this devil's backbone is not a path it is just a sheer cliff do not go near it yeah. Um, Safe distance. Yeah. From everything we've heard, Sean said, and everything, it like Darlene when she was near it. Apparently, she was just playing near it, and then 
right off the edge. I mean, swan dive too. Yeah, they they went into detail. She went head first. Yeah, I mean, don't don't go don't go near it. Definitely check out the bridge. Be respectful. Don't be an arsonist. Uh, there is obviously a new bridge out there because you have to drive across the creek still. Um, I guess. Um, it's fireproof from what I hear. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I would hope so. Apparently, I think it was last year, maybe like a year before that, they were um, they still had the remains from the actual bridge, and they yes. gave it away to the people of Three Gerard. years ago. Yeah. It was really cool. Anyone that wanted a piece of the original Gudgeonville Bridge could take, uh, it. Could take it. They they did a whole news story on it, and I actually wanted to go out there, but I didn't have a chance. But it was legitimately anyone that wanted a piece got in line, and everyone got one piece of the original bridge that was left. Yeah. It was really cool. It was, it was sad that the bridge was burned down. Uh, one of the things I read when we were doing our research is it was no longer structurally sound. So they said to replace the bridge, it would have been at least a hundred thousand um, dollars. So it's awful that it was burned down. May or may not have been an insurance fraud thing because it sounds like it, they did more good burning it down. The the bridge was a covered breach here, an oldest covered breach here, um, but it was disrespected quite a bit. It was full of graffiti, um, and it wasn't in good condition when it was burned down. Didn't even get to make a restaurant out of it when they retired it. Right? <laughs> nope, but I am excited to get out there for my first time, and we'll see what we find. Yeah. Charlie will not be coming with us, though. Thank you for checking out this Who's Ghost Stories episode focusing on the Gudgeonville Bridge area. Um, of course, I appreciate you watching and listening to the podcast. If you chose to listen to the audio version, just want to remind you, if you are on Anchor, feel free to send us an audio message, a little voice message saying any feedback, questions, suggestions. If you know a scary story or if you have a place you want us to check out, go ahead and send us that voice message. But I just want to take this time to remind you that at this point in the podcast, if you watch the video version, you will see all of the pictures and footage from uh, Gudgeonville um, on the bridge. We did do a pendulum reading that had Gudgeon the Mule come through, and we also had some pictures with some orbs, including a really cute one at the end. So definitely go to YouTube, who's our Reiki and Readings, to watch the video version of this and check out that footage if you're interested. Let's go ahead and get over to our conclusions. I did something, I guess. <laughs> All right, I think we're good. Give us a countdown, Andrew. Five, four, three, two, one. All right, so we just finished our walk out at Gudgeonville Bridge. We're on the bridge for a good while. Um, one thing I want to note, I don't think, I mean, obviously I haven't gone through any of our pictures at all here from the bridge, but I don't think that we had any uh, recorded phenomenon, which is okay. Uh, we were on the bridge talking to Gudgeon for a little bit. Uh, definitely not as soothing as Wintergreen, no. but definitely not as oppressive as the Alms House. Mm -hmm. No, for sure. Um, the energy out here is a lot, uh, I think Megan said, felt anxious and a little more um, like hectic, but overall it wasn't wasn't terrible. It wasn't bad. It wasn't frightening. Um, I could definitely see if you're coming out here at night, though, 
and almost anything would seem like it's a ghost. There's no artificial light here, so it's it's dark, dark. And uh, Alex did test out the acoustics, and there's not much room for echo, but um, it would be very, very easy to misjudge something out here. So I would definitely come during the day so you can see the view. If you come at night, definitely be careful. Wrong Bring wrong a flashlight. You're, you're, you're going over over the bridge. Wear yeah. reflective uh, clothing. Yeah, because there is a lot of vehicular traffic. And it is a tiny bridge. Yeah, one lane. And they fly through here. Some pictures, but uh, overall, I liked it out here. I would come again. Um, maybe next time, bring some other equipment. See if anything else came up. But I think we did a lot out here. We took a lot of pictures. Uh, beautiful place out in nature. Alex, what do you think? Yeah. Um, so I didn't feel nearly as much of the anxious energy, um, but it definitely, for me, it felt very neutral. So, you know, not positive energy, but not negative energy at all. Uh, just kind of there, and yeah, as Andrew kind of said, Sean kind of said earlier, uh, it's not as tranquil as Wintergreen Gorge, but it's definitely does not have the same feeling as the Alms House. So it's very much a different kind of setting. Um, definitely recommend coming here to see the area, but, you know, uh, be careful, be safe. good. It's uh, much nicer in the daytime. Years ago, I came in at night and it scared the poopy out of me. But it is very peaceful. Um, like Andrew said, I felt anxious. Um, kind of like anxious to ready, like ready to go, like ready to leave, but I was at peace standing there. It was a really weird emotion. Sean? I was going to say, I building off of everybody, it's, there's an anxiety to it, but it's hard to be overly anxious with, you know, the beautiful scenery. Like I said earlier, there there's a babbling brook, so it's just that calm, you know, white noise water sound. Um, but definitely at night, having been here with Megan, it's dark. Like, it's dark, dark. The bridge seems even more rickety at night, because you just hear every sound on it. Um, we, we found out that there's potentially negative spirits here, but they're not hurting people, which is good. So definitely, I think, needs a little credence to what Sean was talking about with the history during his research and stuff, that there wasn't anything happy really happening out here, especially the of 1812 and so on. So, I mean, there's definitely, like Gudgeon and Sean said, some not-so-happy spirits, but at least they're not hurting and they're not harmful. Um, but definitely make sure you're coming out with clean energy, clean, clean mind. And if we were talking to Gudgeon, he seems happy. So, yeah. so the mule is happy, guys. And he, he said that he chooses to be here, so... He's not stuck. Which is definitely... Definitely pleasant. Uh, yeah, I liked it. Uh, I definitely feel some energies out there, so I definitely went to something here. But I'm happy. Happy nothing hurtful. 
tuning in, everybody. This was us out at Gudgeonville. Tune in next time to see where else we go. Bye, guys.